Bay Hills Community Church is pleased to have you join us for the fourth lesson in our series, Are You Wiser Than a Fifth Grader? Today, our guest teacher, Raleigh Galgan, gives us some pointers on how to keep the teeter-totter of life in balance. Join us as Raleigh shows us how to overcome some of the things in our lives that keep us out of balance. Hi, I'm Raleigh, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and uh, I do struggle with addiction now and then again, so my phone's off, and I'm going to put it away so it doesn't vibrate in my pocket here this morning, but isn't it amazing how kids sort of see it like it is, and uh, say it like it is, right? Well, you know, uh, fortunately, I've got 14 grandkids, and so uh, when my phone goes off, uh, they just have a way of keeping me in the moment, you know, if I don't give them my full attention They just yell, Papa, 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 until obviously I stop what I'm doing and give them their attention. You see, kids, they just say it like it is. Remember growing up, uh, you ever been on a teeter-totter? I remember growing up, that was one of the big things in the park. I don't know if you can do that now. You get sued uh, with a teeter-totter. But there's just, you know, kids knew when they were going to be in balance in the teeter-totter. They knew, you could just... You could feel it as a kid, like whether you were going to go over the top because the other person wasn't, you know, the right size, or whether you were going to come crashing down. You see, you just had a sense. It was sort of intuitive. You knew when you were in balance and when you were not in balance. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about life, though, keeping the balance in life. And I'm wondering if, if your life is balanced, or do you find that there are things in your life that you just sense are pulling you down? Or some of them are, you know, pushing you over the top, you know. Maybe they're destructive habits in your life. Maybe they're hurts that you've harbored, you know, uh, abuse in your life, hurts from an ex-spouse, and, you know, you just can't get away from them. Or maybe they're hang-ups that you have. You worry, you find anger's an issue in your life. You know, are those those things that, you know, you feel, you know, they're pulling you down in life? Well, I want to talk about finding the balance this morning, Okay. So that we're not teeter-tottering on destruction in our lives. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs because the question is, are we wiser than a fifth grade? Kids can know and they'll call it like it is, but can we sense the balance in our life and can we call it like it is? And so you turn to Proverbs 23. If you need a Bible, there's Bibles on the back. And if you picked one of those up, page 465 in there. Now for me, we're going to be talking about not just finding the balance, but finding the biblical balance, believing that God's word is true. And, and God will give us direction and guidance in our lives so that we can keep our lives in balance. It's really easy for me to memorize, you know, Proverbs 23. I, you know, I have this mnemonic device. You, you make, you know, associations with certain things, helps you recall it. Well, it's easy to remember what Proverbs 23 is about because my high school buddy, his basketball number was 23, and all through the late 60s, you know, we did drugs together, and so whenever I think of, you know, destructiveness through any kind of substance, I think of Proverbs 23. And that's not the only focus, because it's talking not just about substance, it's talking about other areas of life, it's talking about keeping a balance. So the biblical balance, look at verse 19 of Proverbs 23, it says this, Listen, my son, daughter, and be wise. 
It's all about wisdom. And direct your heart in the way. Now, the way in the Bible uh, was used, even in the New Testament, when somebody said, I'm, I belong to the way. Well, they knew that you were a follower of Jesus. You see, because choosing the way is a relationship. It's, it's not a necessarily a, a routine or a process or, or, or some kind of uh, role that you take. It is really a relationship. And Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So when, when you are a follower of Jesus, you would say, I belong to the way. Because Jesus, in a relationship, shows us the way we ought to live. I remember when I first came to know Christ. I was on an airplane in December 1st, 1970, and I was uh, being flown from Chicago, where I was inducted into the Army, drafted, and I was going to be flown with 300 GIs to Fort Lewis, Seattle, Washington. I didn't know anybody on the plane, had no clue. I was wondering, what's going to happen in my life? Am I going to go to Vietnam? I'm going to get blown up, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, I realized I didn't know where I'd spend eternity. And I, and I felt the power of this jet engine, 300 GIs going around me, and all of a sudden I just was feeling the revving of the jet engines, and, and God must have given me this thought because I, I said, you know, I've never seen that pilot, never seen that guy. And you know what? I'm trusting him with my life. And then all of a sudden this God thought comes, he says, you know, God, I can't see you, but I know I'm not in control of my life, and so I want you to take control of my life. And I want you to know, at that moment, I felt the presence of God come over me. When I got to Fort Lewis, the first break I got in basic training, I went to a chaplain. You see, I knew. No one had to tell me. The Bible wasn't like this book you hold over somebody or something you preach from. I knew intuitively that I was going in a path that wasn't a path that God wanted me to go. And I wanted to know, how can I go in the direction that God wants me to go? And so I went to the chaplain. And he said, get into the Word. And you see, if you want to know God's path and define the balance, first of all, it's through a relationship with Christ because Jesus is the way. And he will direct you in the way. In the word, as we read in uh, Acts 18, it is the source of knowledge and direction. Meanwhile, it says a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexander, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. So this chaplain said, Get into the Word, and God will give you the direction to overcome those things in your life that are standing in the way. And I knew, I knew they were destructive. So you get into the Word, and then I discovered this. Not only did Jesus show me the way, and the Word illuminate the way, but when I came to choosing the path, and they came quick as a young man in the military, and then eventually stationed in Berlin, I had lots of opportunities in making those choices. And in the moment, even though I wasn't that knowledgeable of the Word of God as a young believer, the Holy Spirit clearly gave me the path that God wanted me to take. And I had this choice or this choice, and the Holy Spirit would say, that's not the way that God wants you to go. This is the way that God wants you to go. And not only would the Holy Spirit illuminate that path, but would empower me to have the strength and the courage to choose that path. That is how we find a biblical balance. It is in a relationship with Christ through the Word of God and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you can't make that choice and Christ is not in your life, that's the place you need to start. The second thing in gaining wisdom and finding the biblical balance 
is this. If we're going to gain the wisdom which is promised in Proverbs 23, we have to come from a position of, I would call, agnostic humility. Now, agnostic humility, not just humility, because it simply means without knowledge. You know, if we're going to gain God's wisdom, we have to agree with God that our way is not his way. Look at what it says in Isaiah 55. God is speaking here to man. Got that? There you go. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, God's ways are sometimes counterintuitive. And you and I have to come to that place. You're either going to go with your gut, go with the culture, go with what feels right, and think, well, everybody's doing it, so obviously that's the right way. Not. That isn't always the right way. And so you and I have to come to that place and say, you know, I really naturally don't know the right way. That's why I have to come to God, because his ways are not my ways, nor are his thoughts my thoughts. And we come and we just have to ask for wisdom with humility. We have to be humble. And Jesus said through James, if anyone lacks wisdom, if you don't have wisdom and you don't know which way to go, God says, ask me and I'll give it to you generously. I want you to choose the right way. And then we have to come with an attitude of God is awesome and holy other. You know, the song that we sang, what can I say, what can I do? but give my heart completely to you. That's, that's the attitude that God wants us to have. And, and when God was dialoguing with Job, Job was a little arrogant. He was a godly man, but a little arrogant. And he really was not a humble man. And this is what God said. If you want wisdom, you're going to have to humble yourself and recognize I am holy other and you are my creation. It says this, But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? The Socratic way, God asked the questions, okay? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. He asked more questions. Where then does wisdom come from? And where is the place of understanding, if you know it all? Thus it is hidden from the eyes of all living. You see, God understands its way, and he knows its place. He knows where wisdom can be found. And here's what he says. And to man he said, here's where you'll find it. Behold, the fear of the Lord, revering God as holy other, awesome God. That's wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. That's the place that we start. Now, if you want to find the balance in your life and you feel that your life is sort of teeter-tottering on ruin or some kind of destruction, here's the place to start. First of all, let's go back to Proverbs 23. We've got to stop running from what our reality is. What's your reality? Notice how real the Word of God is in Proverbs 23. Now, it's talking about alcohol and food, but what it's talking about is things that are destructive in our lives that cause us to get out of balance. It says this, do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. In other words, we have to feel, are we overdoing it in certain areas of our life? Our anger and worry tipping the scales in our life? Are there habits that are controlling us of pornography, alcohol, whatever it may be? Are there hurts that are, are driving us? We can't forgive somebody. We just can't move on beyond the past. Our ex is constantly coming up in front of us. Those are the kind of things that Jesus wants to free us from. You see, 
We've got to start recognizing, as we'll see in the scripture here, that we make choices, and if those wrong choices are made, they have consequences. It says in verse 12, 21, For drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. In other words, this. There are certain consequences in life. In book of Proverbs are probabilities. You make this choice, this will be the consequence. That's what Proverbs is all about. Can God intervene? You betcha he can. Do I believe in the power of prayer? Yes, I believe in the power of prayer. Do we want God to rescue us from our choices? Certainly we do. But more than likely, God allows us to make choices. And if we make the wrong choices, then we experience the negative consequences. You see, some of us are like the fool in the book of Proverbs. If you do a study of the book of Proverbs, you'll find five fools in the Hebrew language. One is the petite, the naive one. And a lot of us growing up are naive. We just can't look around the corner. But the worst of all is Nabal. It's a name of a man in the Old Testament. And what it means is the fool. And everybody learns differently. But if you are like a Nabal, you only learn through the school of hard knocks. And sometimes... God teaches us through the school of hard knocks. So we make choices, and there are consequences. And so stop blaming everyone else. Stop getting angry at God. You know, stop excusing your choices. Just come to reality and recognize that our choices have consequences. Sometimes on us, sometimes on those that we love. But in the moment, before you get too overwhelmed with the consequences that you know what they are in your life, you know where you are, you know that if you've been harboring bitterness in your life, you're like the star thistle. we got them all over California. You know, I don't see them in the bay too much, but I live out in the valley, so they're all over there. The star thistle is a unique thistle. In other words, its roots go down, and it is so deadly, it poisons everything else around it. Nothing can grow around it. And that's sort of like what bitterness does in our life. It's that root of bitterness, and it just destroys all our relationships. And so what I'm saying is, don't just sit in that anger and that bitterness, and don't think that you're defeated, because what I want to say is, if your life is teetering on ruin, or you've lost some things in your life, I want you to do this. Stay focused on the God of grace and mercy. You see, we sang songs about his grace and his mercy, about trusting him totally. And I believe this, and, I, and the Bible declares this, that God, no matter how bad we've messed up, no matter where you are today, no matter what you've done, no, no matter what you've lost, God is the God of restoration. Amen? In fact, look at what it says, and this is one of my favorite verses, Joel 2.25. I can't tell you how many times... I've wept with people, prayed with people, and, and when their life is at the bottom, I want them to know that our God is a God of restoration. It says this, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts, and there's four kinds of locusts here, that's four kinds of different damage in, the, in their lives. The, the swarming locusts have eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. God said this, I can make up what was lost in your life. Amen? I don't care where you are today. God can make up what is lost. I've got a man that I've known for 25 years. Every time I see him, I said, you know, God still wants to use you. It's going to be late. He hasn't hit his bottom yet. And I think he's going to, 
you know, if he doesn't hit that bottom, I keep telling him, when you get to that bottom, I know God wants to use all that junk in your life. God wants to use you in the lives of others because I believe that God restores broken souls. Amen? The last thing in finding balance so we can live a balanced life is to choose to change. Before whatever hurts or habits or hang-ups are weighting us down or pushing us over the edge. And in order to do that, we got to look beyond what we've been looking at. We've been looking at something and we've sort of been blinded. So we've got to look beyond the glimmer of the lie that is destroying us in one way or another. Look at what it says in Proverbs 23, 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine. Those who go down to try mixed wine. Don't look at wine when it's red. It looks beautiful. Or when it sparkles in the cup. It it promises something. And yet when we don't live in balance, it goes down smoothly. But here's what happened. It bites in the end like a serpent and stings like an otter. And so what is it that is shining in your eyes? Or what promise that is a lie that you're believing that you keep doing what you're doing and it's destroying your life? And if you can't look beyond the glimmer, because sometimes we can't, sometimes we're not able, sometimes we're so far down, we can't help ourselves up, then what I'm saying today is look beyond yourself, gain perspective, and ask for help. Proverbs 23 shows what happens when we are blurred. It says this, your eyes will see strange things, your heart will will utter perverse things. You lie to yourself. You'll be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of the mast. You'll say, they struck me, but I wasn't hurt. They beat me, but I didn't feel it. And when I awake, I'll just go have another drink. We just keep going back to it because we can't see what's happening in our lives. If what you're doing isn't working for you, if you're not moving ahead in your faith, if you're not moving ahead in your life, if you're not having more good days than bad days as far as it depends upon you, you know, the definition of insanity, we're not sure who defined it, Franklin, Einstein, or, or Mark Twain, but you've heard this definition. It says the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over again, what? Expecting different results. If it isn't working for you, something's got to change. And here's what I would say to you to find that wisdom. You see, a fifth grader knows when life is out of balance. And if you feel it's out of balance, then I want you to go to God in prayer and ask for the Holy Spirit's direction. God said, I will give you wisdom. I will give you a new path. If you don't have an answer that way, then I'm saying really get serious with God. Fast and pray. If you need to know how to fast, Pastor David can guide you in that. One of your elders can guide you in that. Fast and pray and meditate upon the word of God and let God show you the way. Now, if that doesn't break you into the clear, you still have a fog in your head. You still can't clearly think at all through. Then go to a friend. Go to a friend that you trust and tell them what you're struggling with. And if you need accountability, then I say seek out a coach. You know someone who's a little further ahead of you that has had victory, has walked in the shoes that you're walking in, and they're a little bit ahead. And you go to them and you ask them and you say, I want you to coach me through what I'm struggling with in my life. And when you ask somebody to coach you, that means they can help you become what you want to become by making you do what you don't want to do. And that means if they kick you in the butt, they can kick you in the butt, okay? Okay. 
but in your face. Because some of us need someone in our face. If you can't find a coach or it's beyond just a coach coming alongside of you, then hook up in a church life group. Find a support group that you have in your church or in your community, a men's group, a women's group, where you can have that accountability. And if you're powerless over it and it's dominating your life, then I would say seek out a CR, Celebrate Recovery. You don't have one right here in the area. There's one in Danville. There's some up in Solano County. But uh, there are those groups that can help you through substance abuse, help you over anger, help you over uh, abuse in your life. You need others to come alongside of you. If you find yourself in a bad place today, and I don't know, I know that in a crowd like this, you know, we're struggling, some of us. And I want you to watch this video. And if this video strikes a chord, and you're not even sure what it is that is being struck, but you're just sensing, I need prayer. I'm going to be up here after the service. I'm going to invite your prayer counselors. I'm going to invite your elders. You don't need to tell us what you need prayer for. You're just saying, I just related i need some help i'm not sure what it is and would you pray for me that god would direct my path so watch this video the band will come up and we'll uh, then worship with the band and then we'll have a time of prayer after the service closes as the band leads us after the service like i said we'll be up here to pray for you you don't need to tell us what it is you may not even know just come we'd love to minister in that way let's stand together and worship the lord shall we It's our hope that today's podcast has enriched your life and answered questions you may have had. If you'd like more information about what was said in this podcast or about Bay Hills Community Church, you can reach us on the internet at www.bayhills.net. Bay Hills, located in El Sobrante, California, is radically committed to reaching the unchurched in the Bay Area and to developing believers into fully devoted followers of Christ. Thanks again for listening.